Warning, the following podcast may contain top-class footballing debate and five lads who are absolutely hilarious. Sitting back, relaxing and cracking open a cold one are all strongly advised because we are 4M1T. I mean, he could be injured for all I know. I'm not a Chelsea fan, so I don't care. Foden, he came so close from doing it. He, he's unreal. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. He's so he's, good. I hate that he's a city fan. I know. Just, <laughs> just, just fuck off to Spain. Like, don't ruin, <laughs> don't ruin the Premier League for the next like fifteen years. Like, we don't need it. I hope Neymar's in though. Reckon start City the- for his entire career. I mean, he's a, he's a city boy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's a city boy. Oh, depressing. Right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We are 4 one team. My name is Danny. I'm joined with Lee and Dale. How are we, fellas? How was your bank holiday weekends? Yeah, great. Yeah, really good. Um, finally got out again uh, to sit in the uh, freezing cold and the rain just to have a beer and some uh, some food but we're uh, we won't be brits and we won't be uh, manx without it would we so um yeah class about you yeah hey. it, it, it was all it was awkward wasn't it like i went out you went on the sunday i went out on the saturday and it was like it was great when i had a beer in my hand but waiting to get a beer in my hand just took forever hmm yeah, we were quite fortunate because we had um, a table over at Almost Famous. Um, shout out to those guys because they're absolutely amazing, as I'm sure many of our listeners will attest. Um, and they said that we there was no time limit, so we could stay there for as long as we wanted, so we did. And um, then we walked into uh, Stevenson Square and we just went to Flock and there was like, it took us five minutes to get a table. Uh, and then we had O'Shea's beer garden booked, which was sound as well. So, um, yeah, we, we did all right, to be honest. We were, we were quite lucky. Nice. I've not, I've not done it, mate. I've not tried it yet. I've not tried to eat out, go pub or anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've just not tried it yet. I'm waiting. But I tell you what, I'm I'm not shouting out Albert Schloss for making no. us sit outside and wait for 40 minutes to get to our table, even though our table was sat there reserved with our name on it. Get get fucked, lads. Get fucked. I know. Literally, we walked up and we're like, "Yeah, we're early. We're missing two people, but our table's there." Like, had our names on it. No, you'll come back at four. What? Yeah, what? I know. I thought no. I said Sainsbury's with a uh, with a sandwich, getting ready for the beer. Made <laughs> 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 a good made a good evening in the end. <laughs> Uh, meal deal, Sainsbury's three pounds. There we go. Oh mate, it, well, they didn't even have any sandwiches. Like, they didn't have any like decent sandwiches. I like, ended up with a three pound wrap just because yeah, like there was nothing for an actual meal deal. <laughs> it was proper depressing. I mean, they'd have made themselves an extra maybe fifty, two hundred quid if they just let you in forty minutes early. Like, I don't. We said that. Make any sense to me? We said that. Like, we would one hundred percent bought another pint. Yeah. But in that time, I mean, the service was slow as it was, but. Listen, we're not here to moan about Albert Schloss and the shit service. We're here to moan about football. 
because morning ball football is what we're doing. If anyone is watching us on Facebook, Twitter, in no, we're not on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, drop some comments in, drop some questions. We will be sure to get to them. We've got some good discussion points today, lads. I'm going to start out with first of all the fantastic social media blackout over the weekend. Um, I'm sure almost everyone is aware, but if anyone listening isn't aware, almost every single sports company network in the country decided to black out their whole social medias from Friday up until one yesterday. Midnight. Yeah, yeah, eleven fifty nine yesterday. Night, yeah, midnight. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the fight against online hate, and it's come with a brand new marketing campaign. Uh, I speak for everyone. I say online hate, in person hate. There's no room for it in sport or in life mm -hmm. so well done the companies for standing up against against this now it's up to the social media companies to finally do something about this yeah definitely this has been part of it really isn't it like you see as many people getting involved with the boycott and it was actually really weird because um it really goes to show the accounts that I follow on, on Twitter when I logged in and uh, it was showing me tweets from like the day before and like four, five, six hours ago and stuff, considering yeah. most of the accounts I followed were all boycotting. Um, but now we do need to see action from these social media companies, whether it's, I don't know, whether it's spurred enough action or whether it's it's a big enough change to actually get them to do something. I hope so. Um, and uh, I hope it hit them where it hurt. I hope it hit them in the revenues because if I was an advertiser that weekend, um, I wouldn't have been setting my ads live uh, knowing that large chunks of my audience weren't going to even be on Twitter um, and engaging with content. And that's essentially what what this is all about uh, i don't know if anyone read my my blog that i wrote but the largest thing for us to do uh by joining in with this is the sort of collective action of it all and what i mean by that is we're, we're tiny in the grand scheme of things this podcast like we have about 1400 followers on twitter so in terms of actual following and the amount of people that we affect it may seem like a tiny amount but in one month, on one of our best months, we our content reached a million people. We got a million impressions in one month. Now, if you look at the metrics for someone like TalkSport or BT Sport on Twitter or BBC Sport or all these types of football accounts, they've got hundreds of thousands of followers, if not millions, some of them. Now, imagine what their monthly impressions are like. Now, if you take all that away, the social media companies haven't got an audience to market to which is how they make their money. They're the, the biggest thing for social media companies to do to make money is through advertising. Everyone knows it. Um, you are harvested for your data and information. Um, speaking from experience, this is my, my job. I, I'm one of those people that do pay for these ads. And I can guarantee you that there will be many social media companies or, or agencies and what have you that will have avoided that weekend um, because they knew that they're, their followers weren't online. And that's what we're hoping um, as, as being part of this. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're the content creators. We're the reason that even a small minority of people uh, are on Twitter to read things from. Uh, and without us and without the, the larger agencies, uh, as I've described, 
that there is no reason for anyone else to be on Twitter. So I hope they they realize that and I hope they take the action and people powers done big things over the past couple of weeks, Super League and now the boycott. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we get some action from it. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just sort of echo, obviously, Lee's what Lee's just said there and yourself, Danny. Um, just hopefully that's the start, of, you know, some serious change, you know, sort of going forward. Um, I do think it has put out a bit of a, a powerful sort of statement, um, but, you know, showing a bit of solidarity. Um, but hopefully the authorities and sort of social media companies now, they've obviously they've got. They've got to do better, you know, what they're, what they're already doing. It's as simple as that. And, you know, hopefully um, they uh, put some action sort of steps in place and, and put it in, in place quickly because, unfortunately, it's, it seems to have been sort of getting worse recently, the mm -hmm. um, sort of the abuse uh, on social media. So, uh, yeah, they need to... They need to come up with something and, and, and quickly in my eyes, but I'd say hopefully it's uh, some serious change on its way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I saw United banning like the I think when we I don't know if we started as we as the ban ended or whether we tweeted it before and United banned six people over racial abuse over human son. You know, Good. like it's yeah, it's not oh, oh, two nil Manchester City. Yeah, game over. Riyad Mahrez once Yo. again, baller. Yeah, he's got, he got, he's won them the tie. He has. I know. Last two games, he scored all the important goals, hasn't he? Incredible, isn't he? Well, we we will be moving on to the Champions League at some point. Um, yeah, like clubs need to not just look at abuse for their own plans and uh, fans and players. Like this is football in general, and it's good that United have spotted that some of our. I use inverted quotation marks. Fans have abused another another sportsman, and they've gone, "Yeah, you get fucked. You're not you're not getting involved with us anymore." But mm -hmm. I, on the flip side, and I saw a reply to this, and it's absolutely right. Them six people have probably never even stepped foot in Manchester. Never mind Old Trafford. No, because right, they're not real fans. No, they're not real fans. They're the the hooligans. Speaking this of protesting hooligans, yeah, go on. The <laughs> Man United fans. Now I'm really interested because obviously Lee, we've not really spoke about this because you were out on the lash on Sunday, um, and we've not. I've held off asking you in the group chat because I've wanted to speak to you about it in here. Uh, for those unaware, hey, where have you been over the last few days? Because there's no mm -hmm. way you've not seen this. But for those that are unaware. Manchester United fans organised a protest on Sunday, the 2nd of May. Great day. Don't know why. Just a great day. Um, <laughs> to protest the Glazers and their ownership. You know, this this was originally planned as a European Super League protest. And the Chelsea fans did a great job of kickstarting the revolution to get the Super League done. And the United fans were like, yeah, you know what? We need to take this one step further and we need to get protesting the Glazers' ownership again, which I'm very happy about. And then they got in the ground. Now, I've been discussing this all week, and I'm, I'm going to leave the floor to you boys in a second. I've been discussing this all weekend with my mates where I keep flip-flopping between whether this is a good or a bad thing. Mm. Um, the idea of a protest is to cause as much disrupt as possible. Well, we did that. The fans managed to stop a game from going ahead, for fuck's sake. 
like that in terms of Premier League, that's as big as a disrupt as you can get. Yeah. Like you've stopped a football game from happening. That is mental. But I also knew that it would at some point end in violence and people have got hurt and things have been destroyed. So yes, I'm happy it's happened. Do I think it could have gone a different way? Maybe. I don't know. I want to hear your boys' opinion on this. And if anyone is listening in as well, please jump in with some questions, comments, because I think the internet is pretty split on this whole debacle. Mm -hmm. uh, Dale, do you want to do the honours? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm... I'm all for the obviously the, the protesting and I can see why they were protesting. Um obviously for the goings on. Um obviously especially the last couple of weeks, but well, sort of kind of since the Glazers took charge was it sixteen years it's, it's, um you know um but drawing a line, I mean when the from what I've read, the majority did it peacefully, in you know, in a in a mm. sort of sensible manner, and you know that I, that I'm, I'm you know obviously, obviously all for that, but the small number that seem to have taken it that one step too far, and you know when there's police officers getting bottles thrown at them and you know serious injury, that's where that's where the lines crossed. In my eyes, um, it's just yeah. I say it's only a small number, but then it, that's that's how the protest then sort of gets reflected. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the majority of the the fans that were there were, were there for you know like a, a peaceful you know make the owners aware we're not we're not happy with obviously what's going on, but then there's probably you know there's a there's a small number which let's be honest they've probably had a couple of beers as well and they've kind of just took it that one step too far and obviously that's what's that's what seems to have got the the headlines now um is that is that side of the protest and like I say, I, I, for the officers and, and and people involved that did get injured you know i you know i hope they're obviously all, all okay and, and make a full recovery in that um but you know it's it's a small number of idiots in my eyes that have just took the protest sort of down the down the wrong way um in, in my view um i'd say the majority were probably there um and we're seeing numbers to to show the discontent with the owners um but not in a not in a way that the the small the small few that did um in sort of like the, the violence side of things so it's always minority in it and the minority always the loudest even with the online hate stuff it is unfortunately mm. tw twitter as especially football twitter has millions of fantastic users who create fantastic content all day, every day. And it's, for the most part, a joy to watch and see. But it is, unfortunately, the minority that do ruin it for them and gives everyone a bad name. And you hit the nail on the head for me, Dale, especially. Like, the minority did just... I don't know if Marin's the right word, but is that Di Maria just getting sent off? Yeah, I was just going to say, PSG, you've done exactly what they did in the last game and completely capitulated. Absolutely petulant. And what a horrible challenge that is from Di Maria. And no surprise from who the player is that, that has got the red that. as well. Watch this. Oh, 
He's scrapping with Fernandinho there. Oh, you fucking little rat. That's disgusting. Why are you, why are you standing on him off the pitch there? That, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Just stamped on him. That's disgusting. He that should be banned for a long time for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, going going back to where we were, like, nail on the head for me, Dale. Right idea. Almost perfect execution. Just slightly marred by a few idiots who probably only went there to cause trouble anyway. Like, let's be honest, I think there was about 10,000 there. You could probably argue that 9,950 of them wanted to go there to make a difference and protest. It was probably just 50 that were there thinking, we might get a scrap out of this. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they went there to, you know, purposely, you know, uh, charge onto the pitch. I'd, I just think that just happened. Yeah, it's probably uh, escalated, on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think that was the original plan. I think it was just you know a, a protest outside the ground. Like I say maybe maybe delay the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, just like I say I don't think the uh, I don't think the they planned uh, to go out and actually go on the pitch and cause the damage they caused. And uh, but like I say, it's just a, a small number that seemed to have. Uh, Sort of lost the reds a little bit. I know that there's probably plenty of emotion and anger, you know, yeah. towards the owners, and that's you know that that's probably sort of built up as well. Um, and like I say, just a a number of seem to have just taken it too far. But yeah, I mean that yeah. was it for me as well. Like the the sorry, Lee, I will come to you. Um, sorry. Like, thankfully, from what I've seen, nothing at Old Trafford really damaged. You know, they they took a corn flag. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me they've not got spare corner flags. Like no one's asked. And then I, know, yeah. I, I believe I read. I don't know how true this is, but apparently the the reason the game was called off is because a certain group of fans got into the changing rooms, and then yeah, it became a a COVID issue rather than you know the protest issue, which is completely fair. You know, still current circumstances. I don't mm. know how that can be a COVID issue when there was literally fucking ten thousand people in the stadium and hanging around outside, but a couple of people got into the changing rooms, and all of a sudden that's a massive issue. But, you know, that's COVID rules and not footballing rules. Um, but the, the issue for me was when this, I just saw them starting destroying, like, Sky's equipment, you know, microphones, a couple of screens and stuff. Like, yeah, it costs Sky some money, but cost some money by not being able to show the game. Don't fucking, yeah. don't break their equipment. But, yeah, no, yeah. go for it, Lee. Spread your knowledge. So, yeah, like you said at, at the beginning of the segment, um, I've been kind of like in two minds and switching back and forth in, in my head all week uh, or since Sunday anyway uh, about whether it was the right thing to do, whether it was correct. Initially, I was a bit like, this is ridiculous. Like there are ways to go about doing things uh, and protesting is fine uh, if it's done lawfully uh, because I, I feel like sometimes if you break the law when you're doing this kind of thing, then it removes the validity of what you're doing and what you're trying to trying to achieve in some instances. Now, then I've been kind of flipping back and forth and, and thinking to myself, well, hang on a minute, actually, what really is achieved through peaceful protests? Like, and not to sensationalize things, but suffragettes and like movements like that over the years were, were violent protests, and that's how they got action uh, to happen. So in a way um it's been vindicated because 
they, they were talking about it on the main BBC News segment tonight and yesterday. Like they were talking about the Glazers on BBC News, like the the main program. So then you would you would say, well, if they hadn't broken and got on the pitch and done what they done, it wouldn't be on the main BBC News channel for everyone to see, would it? So they've kind of actually achieved what they wanted to. So then it got me thinking, well, we all have these knee-jerk reactions over... Now, well, I don't want to say knee-jerk reaction because I don't want to upset people who are like really, really passionate about this movement to, to get rid of the Glazers. And I, I'm one of them. I don't want the Glazers to be running Manchester United Football Club. But at the same time, the, there is a really big worry that people need to really be careful over what they wish for. There is absolutely nothing to say that we could end up forcing the Glazers somehow to sell the club and then we just get someone else that buys the club that are 10 times worse. Now, this throws up a couple of issues for me. Number one, what is people's realistic expectations? Or what are people's realistic expectations with this protest? Are they expecting that they're just going to force these billionaires to sell probably one of their biggest assets that is making them lots of money? I don't think that's going to happen. Like You can kick off all you want. At the end of the day, they're sat there in Florida. They're making loads of money off it. Like They're not just going to get rid because a few fellas have broken into the stadium. Do you know what I mean? They'll just buy better security for the stadium in the future. So if the fans end up getting what they want through these protests... Uh, and they do end up selling, then what happens? They have another set of owners who come in, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, nobody spends three to four billion pounds on a club or on any business for it to not them go on to make money, to not try and make money out of it. So by your own volition, you're ending up forcing one set of billionaire owners to sell it to another set of billionaire owners to continue to make money out of the asset that is Manchester United and the global brand. Like That's a fact. That's just the way things are. Which then says, well, hang on a minute. The hate and the protests are now actually being directed at the wrong people. They need to be directed at the Premier League and at potentially even the government because they need to enforce more controls on who owns these football clubs what they're supposed to be doing with the football clubs and how they're supposed to be running the football clubs. Football is a unique sport. At the end of the day, they are still businesses, but they're uniquely run and uniquely functioning businesses. Uh, most most businesses in the Premier League football clubs run at a loss. Now, they can do that because of the money that they can pump back into the clubs through the television rights, money, sponsorships, etc. But the problem is, it's not an ethical way of doing this, and and all most man most owners of these clubs in the Premier League will do this, and they do it at Man City, Arsenal, the big six, as you want as you want to call them. They'll do it at PSG, they do it at Barcelona, they do it at Real Madrid, do it at Bayern. Um, well, actually, sorry, Bayern will be one of the exceptions to the rule purely because of the fifty plus one ownership model, and this is possibly what needs to be pushed towards. Now, you won't be able to force the Glazers to sell Manchester United. Uh, you just won't. Um, and first and second of all, you've you've got to end up finding someone that wants to pay the money to buy Manchester United. So what you then have to do is force and impose restrictions and ways of doing things on these owners, because it's regulation that will fix this problem, not just right. 
we'll, we'll, we'll turf the Glazers out because people love someone to hate, don't they? They love having someone to hate. And at the moment, that is the Glazers. If they were to sell up and get someone else, it would be someone else. Uh, and the cycle will continue. What you need to stop is the cycle from happening, not just fixing this particular problem now. You need to fix the ability for it to keep happening, uh, no matter who owns the clubs. And that's where I think people need to start directing their their anger, um, not at the, the people that are currently there now, because they are there now and they're probably here to stay. Whether, we like, whether they like it or not, what needs to happen is the Premier League and the government need to sort out a, an independent regulator who will manage how it how it works and how they're allowed to run these clubs. Uh, and that's when you'll see the proper change. So that's that's my final position on it, I think, after running an R and over these things. Um, in terms of the protest itself, I still probably condemn it. Uh, it's not the right way to do things. Like violence isn't isn't the issue in the 21st century. Or violence shouldn't be the way of solving issues in the 21st century. Um, so yeah, well, that's my thoughts. I think. And <laughs> to to relay a question then, like, what was the right way to go about it then? So for me, I didn't have an issue about fans going outside the stadium, chanting, flares, yeah. e even getting in the stadium. You know, at, at first I was a bit like, "Oh, what have you done that for?" But then it was a real powerful message. You know, you know we we stopped Sky from broadcasting a football game. Yeah. Um, because you've got to remember as well, like Sky were only not liking the Super League because they knew they weren't getting the rights to them games. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. For a fact, if Sky were getting the Super League, they would have been lapping it up a couple of weeks ago. They would have mm -hmm. thought it was the best creation ever. Sky was yeah. the one that ruined the Football League 29 years ago. Yeah, You know, like the EFL and what we've got at the moment is probably in the best state it's been for years. But 29 years ago when we had the Football League reform and we've got the Premiership, that fucked over so many teams and that was sky so let's not like this isn't a you this is to people listening who think yeah. that sky are the good guys let's not pretend that sky are the good guys here sky are just as bad as everyone else in this scenario so what yeah. united fans did on on sunday was a cost sky money and b made a massive fucking statement to the glazers and other clubs in the in the uk that look how much power fans have in football which i think yeah. is massive so for me, I, I'm guessing you're the same as me, that at the, where it became an issue for me was when things started getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like, even up to the point where they were on the stadium and chanting, like, even giving fucking Sooner shit, like, I was all over that because he's a pellant. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, until they started, like, when they started throwing stuff at them, they started breaking microphones and stuff, that to me was where I started drawing the line and thinking, right, that's now not a peaceful process anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, like I said, I'm torn. It wouldn't be as, as vastly and widely spoken about if they hadn't broken into the stadium, if they just protested in front of the stadium, then it would have been like any other protest against ownership. Um, but at the same time, if, if you start to condone these actions, it'll happen more often and then it gets more dangerous than... The, like Dale said a minute ago, the intent, I don't think, at the start was to get into the stadium. It was just to protest outside it, and it just escalated to that point. Whereas in the future, if, the, if this is seen to be a good thing and seem to be what's caused a change, yeah. then other, other intents for protests at other clubs will be, well, we need to get onto the pitch as well now. And we, we can't have a situation where that happens. So... Um, that's why I still probably err on the side of condemning yeah. me. Yeah, I, I can see 
the Newcastle fans specifically looking at that and thinking, hey, up, this is a way we can get a Mike Ashley now. Yeah. And well, like, that's, is... that's not what we want. Like, we don't want football no. to be taken off the televisions. You know, football is supposed to be accessible, whether it's through Sky or whatever. I read this morning that ITV and BT are looking at a deal now where potentially Champions League and some Premier League are going on to ITV again, which is, that's going to be massive. You know, one mm. thing that always stuck with me was when Florentino Perez said, 16 to 24 year olds aren't interested in football. Well, yeah, it's because most of them can't, <laughs> they can't, they can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah, like when it, when those it, are the when, people at, at uni and such, or just moved into their first homes and things, and yeah, they're not they're not um, able to pay these multiple different license fees. I've always said it's funny, really, because a monopoly in certain business is a bad thing because it means they can set their own prices. But technically, if there was a monopoly over TV rights for football, it would be the best thing for the fans because. You, you'd have one subscription and you'd be able to watch everything. Yeah. But I think Simon Jordan's a sort. massive advocate for that, isn't he? Like mm. Simon Jordan, for everything that I disagree with what he says, he has been claiming for this Premflix yeah. for years. And I think it's about time that they took it. You know, the Premier League doesn't need Sky anymore. The Premier League doesn't need doesn't, BT. No. We, no. we, the Premier League can make so much money without them. All they need to do is hire a company that can make a streaming service and yeah. they will make more than enough money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mental. Set what they want in terms of pricing, and there, there couldn't be any issues over it, I don't think, in terms of monopolising it, because it's their product. Like yeah. The Premier League is their product. Like They should be able to just create their own streaming service for it. Um, but even then, we'll still need... Um, We'll still need BT or whatever for the Champions League and Europa League and all that sort of stuff. And then you can see that um, they'll try and take English like internationals and things off ITV yeah. because they'll need to. Well, they'll need to keep their revenues up somehow. So they'll force the change where internationals and the World Cup and the Euros. Every, there'll always be multiple subscriptions you need, and that's the thing I think that that's worrying. Yeah, well, even in entertainment. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, like yeah. Dis- Disney Plus. It's not you don't just need one subscription mm. anymore. You're looking at 40, 50 quid a month coming yeah. out for it all now. It's well, crazy. That's it. Well, that's it, it? It's it's got to be affordable at some point, surely, for 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 your average Joe. I mean, you're paying for Sky Sports at X amount a month. You're paying for BT. I mean, you'll have your Prime or whatever as well on top of that. Or you you know you could. Do the illegal streaming and get whatever channel you want for about thirty quid a year, but <laughs> <laughs> not that I have that, no. But um... not, not that we have that, and not that we condone that, everyone. But it is. No, no. But you, you see what I'm getting. You know, you can see why people go down that route because yeah. Of the yeah. the extortion amount that Sky, the the Sky packages are, and you know, obviously the the BT as well for for all your Champions League, Europa League games, and stuff. Um, it, you know, you do feel like you get priced out of of stuff like that, and maybe that sort of Premflix kind of, you know, they could, like Lee said, there they could put a price on it, you know, make it actually affordable for, you know, for the for the sort of the average Joe day to day day to day person. You know, it's um, it could be a, a route to go down, but yeah, hopefully it comes under consideration because I think it I think it's a good idea myself, but. The problem with it all, though, is that we'll, 
if you replace the word football with Breaking Bad and Line of Duty and I don't know House of Cards, then we'd sound ridiculous. Well, why why should it all be affordable? Like they're just TV shows, and this is where we where you end up boiling it down to the factor where it's like, well, it's just entertainment. So why why should these companies that are providing this entertainment be bringing everything down in price? Do you know what I mean? Like they're entitled to charge what they want for it. Just being like devil's advocate, at the end of the day, it's just we don't need it. Um, which when you when you put it into a weird context like that, yeah, you are right. It feels weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then, but then look at uh, Disney. Like they ripped off everything off every single streaming service and then made their own and made it a very affordable. What's Disney like? Seven ninety nine a month. Like mm. that. That's a where Monopoly works because they didn't need to have their stuff spread around Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Yeah. Like for for me personally. I think that the best weekends of football is when Amazon have all the games. Like for me personally, I love them them weekends in December where Amazon holds all 10 games. Being able to flick through my fire stick and just like changing from game to game. Mm. Like I think that's unreal, mate. And like if Premier League were never going to do it, if Amazon decided to um, come and take... All, as many games as they could, I would be more than happy to up pump that Prime subscription up and yeah. get like Amazon because I think Amazon did the Premier League better than any other company. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was very good. Um, I like the the streaming as well. The only problem they had was that it was quite far behind, wasn't it? Uh, the first one was yeah. The second one seems to be really close to. I was keeping a track on Bet three six five. Obviously, the betting apps have got to be like as live as you can get, and they were yeah. pretty damn close. So, you know, and and the issue you've got with that is as well is people don't have the internet half the time either. No, like you've got. But as the world moves forward, I think in twenty thirty years time, like we will see the Premier League move to a subscription service. We're, we're, yeah. I think we're, I think we're seeing the end of cable, to call it American terms as we know it. You know, we've seen cables slowly die out in America. They're all going online. I could see yeah. England following suit in about 10, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, this is a problem. The, our issue at the minute is that is rural areas and things. We've got a lot of rural areas. And we'll so do America, really, but there's, yeah. there's a lot of places that don't have the internet coverage high enough, uh, high enough speed or standard to fully offer um, like the... the capabilities for digital tv oh, so yeah i mean dale's internet cuts out three times a stream <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> to, co to come full circle though boys um chris has like made us some graphics just talking about the, the ownership of man united and where we've come from so for those listening on spotify we've just got some years dates of when the glazers took over you know 2003 malcolm glazer bought 2.9 percent 2004 the glazers took a 30 percent stake uh, make two more bits for ownership. Three directors were removed. In 2005, the Glazers bought 98%. That, that in its own right, is staggering. Yeah. They, they, there was only 2% that they didn't buy. Um, 525 million of personal borrowings loaded on the club to pay. And this is where we saw the breakaway of FC United, which me and Chris have spoke today about because I wanted to grab his opinions because obviously he's not here today because he's celebrating his birthday. And he was fully against this this protest 
And like, if you hate the owners that much, you know, why did you not break away in 2005? Um, which is a fair point, really. I'm not going to dispute that. You know, if you hate the Glazers that much, you probably should have gone. But owners are only part of the football club. You know, we spoke during the Super League about how it's hard to support the team. But I think deep down, we all knew we would probably still be United fans no matter what. Because um, that's the club we've been brought up to love. Uh, yeah. 2006, the Love United Hate Glazer campaign, uh, the green and gold stuff in 2010. I remember that the best thing for me was when David Beckham was playing for AC Milan and he ended up wearing that scarf halfway through the uh, at the end of the match. Oh, yeah, I remember year. that. Yeah, that was when that was when they started banning it. Anything green and gold in the stadium was banned after that point, even like licensed United shirts. Yeah, insane. <laughs> uh, 2012, the club began, began trading on the New York Stock Exchange. Glazer's made 75 million just selling some of their shares. Malcolm Glazer passed away in 2014 and sold more shares for 130 million. Um, and they would rule out selling the club for at least five more years. Well, that we've passed that now. They took dividends of 15 million a year in 2015, and then the club in 2020, club debt 430 million. And then in 2021, obviously, three weeks ago, they tried to form the ESL. That their ownership has been nothing short of absolutely abysmal. Mm -hmm. So I understand why fans want them gone. I understand why fans pa so passionately want them gone. You know, I can say yeah. myself a United fan, but I am not at the levels that some of them guys were. They're all no, no, no. I'm not. And I and I, I I wish I was. I really wish I was because like to them, football is a life. Um, mm -hmm. I I just haven't got the time or the energy to put my everything into football. Uh, that's not a knock on them, but I've just got too many interests. You know, I'm too interested in yeah. other things. I've got yeah, other same. sports. Um, I've got my game inside. Like, there's too much in my life to go around from football. But the ownership has been absolutely fucking abysmal. Lee, you said mm. it perfectly. It's the old phrase of it's sometimes the better the devil you know. Yeah. You know, it could sell us to the fucking Saudis and it could be even worse. Mm -hmm. But the, the, 50, the one thing I hope that this protest has done is it brings in a change for 50 plus one ownership i know andy burnham wrote a letter about it the other day saying that mm -hmm. it might be a time for football reforming where does the 51 percent come from fans i don't know yeah it, it, so it doesn't have to be fully made up of fans it it just means that no one can own a full controlling yeah, yeah. stake well, That's isn't, the, it isn't, is. the, isn't the maximum stake someone can have 25% or I've read that yeah something where. like that yeah just enough where they can't own a controlling stake that's all and the f the fans will I don't know I, I, I was reading something once whether there was someone looking to set up a fund that would help fans purchase their club mm. I can't remember what it was about and I'm sure it was on TalkSport I was listening to it but um, essentially if you think about it the way Dortmund do it Dortmund charge their members uh something like it was 65 or 70 euros a year and they've got about 150,000 members and, and that's what money is used to own their stake in the club um but i mean that's not a lot of money <laughs> and it's certainly no way near three four billion pounds um so it would seem like it would seem like it would have to be some sort of like 
amount that would build up 10% maybe of the of owning the club or even 5% of owning the club. Mm. Now, I can I am pretty pretty certain that Manchester United would have more members across the world than Borussia Dortmund would have and I'm also pretty certain they'd charge more for the membership than Borussia Dortmund yeah. would. Um but yeah, I think that that it needs to be looked into uh, and it needs to be put into place but I just can't really see how it could happen. I really, I really don't. Um, it's, it's like a nice idea to have, but in practice, how does it work? How do, how do we get to that point? Can, can they really force the Glazers into selling parts of their own business? I'm not well, sure. yeah, yeah, it's um, nationalisation, isn't it? Because Manchester United are a UK company. The government can step in and right. do tell them to do whatever the fuck the UK government want them to do. Mm. Um, even though we are trading on the, the New York Stock Exchange, they, we are still an English company. So I, yeah. in that case, I wouldn't understand where the ruling would lie. Your English company, but trading in America. I, there's many, many grey areas, but I hope it gets resolved soon. I hope, if anything, for the betterment of football, I hope that these protests are going to change everything for all football clubs. Because by God, it needs it, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it really does need it. Because it's just going to keep getting worse. Money's just going to keep ruining the football aspect of, of what it is that we all just want to sit on a Saturday and Sunday or midweek and watch. Like At the end of the day, we're going to end up seeing players sold for a billion pounds. And I, I guarantee it's not long before the first million pound a week contract has been given. I think Messi and Ronaldo Messi, are Messi, aren't far Messi off must that. be close to that surely. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what we want. That's not what the game needs. We need no. the players need to be if anything, the first, one of the first things that needs to happen is salary caps. Um these clubs need to be forcing these universally across players. It's something that UEFA and FIFA need to get behind. Yeah. Um, but to stop this extortionate amount of money being paid to players, because because clubs bankrupt themselves paying these wages, uh, I think it's something like seventy percent of outgoings for a football club nowadays, especially in the Premier League, is on player wages. That's ridiculous. Imagine seventy percent of all the money that your company pays out goes to your employees. I mean, great, but when yeah. that's twenty three employees out of six seven hundred, it's ridiculous. So. In something, something like that needs to be put in place, which will have the knock-on effect of these knobhead agents like Mina Rail are not getting a penny anymore, um, enforcing things on them like they the players have got to pay their own fucking agents' fees, not the clubs. Because I mean that should be done anyway. Happen? You you Ooh, choose yeah. the agent, like that should be your choice. Mm. Yeah, you're employing him to represent yeah. <laughs> you, so you pay them, not the club. He doesn't get to negotiate his own slice of the pie. That's not how things work. But in football, because it's such a unique business and a unique way of doing things, that's how it's ended up. And But yeah. something needs to step in and change it. And the reason it hasn't been changed so far is because of the money behind it all. Someone at the top somewhere is getting their fair share as well. No one wants to stop it because then they'll not be making any money. So, yeah, but, something listen, needs to change. I, I'm a massive believer in people get paid what they deserve. Um, I do believe footballers deserve the high salaries because of everything that they represent and what they do. You know, there's mm. some of the best athletes in the world. They are on TV constantly. They can't move a muscle without getting properized. They are training, putting their bodies to the actual physical limits. It just in training sessions, never mind what we see on the television. But 
the the universal salary cap is one that definitely needs to be brought in because it, no country wants to do it first because as soon as they do it we lose every ounce of talent yeah because they just, if there's one country that doesn't do it they just fuck off to another yeah and we almost saw that with china didn't we well yeah exactly yeah i mean their, their league is absolutely in fucking tatters now because of their salary cap they've they've, they've gone from one extreme to the absolute other Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's another pod for another day. Speaking of clubs spending loads of money, evening, Josh. All right, boys. <laughs> how was uh, how was one's bank holiday weekend? Catch any of the protests? <laughs> no, we didn't see any, did we, Lee? But we, uh, no, we, we saw a few it. people on the way, didn't we, when we were in Piccadilly? But yeah, I saw a not, couple not of protests. green shirts. Yeah. Um, but no, we we like to stay away from the riffraff and the trouble. We're a uh, very <laughs> civilized man, me and Lee. You had the fucking riffraff with Ian on your table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Ian? Hope you're listening in, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can say that because he, uh, he ain't listening. Yeah, um, he won't be. <laughs> no. Uh, just, I'm just like, we're going to move on from that. I'm just going to talk a bit about weekend results and stuff. We'll move to you first, lad. Fucking awful result for you on weekend. Yeah, Paul. I, I mean... I called it. I think. I think. I, I definitely thought it, if not said it out loud to to Lee. That um, whenever we get a sniff at that Champions League or fourth spot, we we bottle it. So I think I may have even said it on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say you've been saying it all season. Like every time you're there or thereabouts, just yeah. something goes wrong. Yeah, almost Tottenham in disguise. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, mate. It really is. But la- I think last season. Um, they beat us 3-0 and it was, you know, one of the biggest stuffings I've seen us get. Yeah. Uh, was it last season? Or was it... No, I think it could have been the start of this year. I think they might have done the double over us this year. Anyway, e- either way, they beat us 3-0 in the game. Can't remember if it was this or last season, but I w- it was on TV. I watched it and it, I've never seen a more one-sided game against us, even against the, you know, the top clubs, the, the European Super League clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <Pop-Mart, laughs> The elected six. Yeah, the elected six. We're, they're not necessarily a bogey team, uh, but throughout my lifetime, I've seen some good games with us and Villa. There's always goals mm. between us and Villa. It's just a shame that the goals went to them. It's <laughs> <laughs> that um, home form again, mate. Yeah. Dreadful, isn't it? Season, isn't it? Yeah, it just goes... It, and it just changed. 19 points from 17 games at home. Yeah. I mean, and usually Goodison's a fortress for us, but it just goes to show how important the Evertonians being in the stadium are for us, doesn't it? Like the the 12th man. Yeah. I mean, look at Liverpool and United. All the professional footballers, like the retired ones, say it's always difficult to go to Goodison Park because the crowd are on you. And um, I think. That's proven this year when there's no crowd that you know teams come and they've got nothing to fear really because on the pitch, you know, on the day, they're proving that they can beat us. Even with the like you mentioned, the money we've spent, it's not right yet. The team's not there. Carlo needs more time. We're gonna have to spend more money. We're gonna have to get rid of loads of shit, and we have got a lot of shit. <laughs> I could probably <laughs> list off ten players that I get rid of. Say, save no. that for a few weeks, mate, to the end of the season. Yeah, we'll we'll do a roundup and I'll give you a full list and yeah. subs of players that I get rid of. 
Unreal. I'll, uh, I won't go through all the results because I know we were all busy, but did anyone catch any games at all this weekend that caught the eye? I watched a little bit of the uh, Wolves game last night. Mm, yeah, I caught that as well. Yeah, I watched a bit of Wolves. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I tried to dabble a little bit in the West Ham game as well because I, I thought that that would be interesting. So I watched, I watched the full 90 minutes of that and yeah. that was a fucking excellent game of football. Yeah. That, that really was a really, really good game. West Ham, they are missing a top-class finisher they are a top-class finisher away from being a serious threat to pushing. They're, they're an odd one, West Ham, aren't they? Because about two weeks ago, they were going through a little patch where they started to drop a couple of points and you sort of thought, oh, you know, is are this is the boat starting to rock a little bit? Are they just going to bottle it last minute at the business end? Yeah. And now they've started to show form again. So maybe he's got them ticking and he might just nab it i mean you boys called it i didn't think they'd do it i thought they'd bottle it but you might be right i think with the fixtures they've got i think dale may have pointed out that the fixtures were key when it came to that fourth spot and west ham's if i remember rightly more straightforward than most so i think you've nailed it there boys i didn't give them can hell's chance but i think you've, you've proven me wrong yeah i, I, I think that was a, a big result there. I mean, they've, they've just lost two on the bounce against Newcastle and Chelsea. Then to go 1-0 down at Burnley and just say, mm-hmm. the wheels just come off. Um, and then to obviously battle back and, and get the win there. Um, put some, what, three behind Chelsea now. Chelsea have got a bit of an hanging running, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that Newcastle loss could be massive. You know? Yeah. 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 That, that, that one could hurt them. Um but then again, the result against the Chelsea as well. Mm. I mean, that was that was a massive game as well, and they've uh, they've uh, obviously not come away with anything there. But look at Chelsea's run. I mean, they've got obviously Madrid tomorrow. They've got an FA Cup final, potentially a Champions League final as well. Plus, I think Leicester in the league, City in the league. It's yeah, nasty that isn't that's, it. That is some that's some running to the end of the season in all comps. That I mean, that's how he's going to balance his team out for for those games. You know, um, he's he's going to be a tough one. But um, hey, just play a couple of those eighty million pound players you've just bought. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kai Havertz doesn't even start. I mean, he could be injured for all I know. I'm not a Chelsea fan, so I don't care. I tell you what, though. If you'd have given West Ham the ultimatum at the end of the season this year that a game against Newcastle has cost you Champions League, but you'll get Europa League, fuck me, would they bit your hand off for it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you remember? I, I think it was when they just moved into that new stadium after the Olympics. And I remember the fans were squaring up to the owners mm. in the stand. Yeah. But, you know, that wasn't all that long ago. And now they're fighting for Champions League spots. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't do too well last season. Like they only just escaped relegation oh, last yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. They were down there for a lot of the season. Yeah. If not yeah. all the if not all the season. Um they only just yeah, they only just they survived. Finished 16th. I think, but, yeah. They finished sixteenth, yeah, five points from safety. And now they're three points away from a Champions League place. Incredible turn of events for them, isn't it? 
Yeah, you, as a and, as a fan, you'd be made up with that. Yeah, and there's always there's always going to be fans that will go, oh, it's because Liverpool have failed or Wolves aren't there, but someone's got to be there. Yeah. Yeah, someone's got to be there. No disrespect to you, Josh, but Everton are the clear example of clubs don't take advantages when they get them. Yeah, and, and, and West Ham have absolutely taken, apart from the Newcastle result, West Ham have taken almost every opportunity they've got. Yeah, at the start of the season, given the money we'd spent and the fact that obviously we've got a world-class manager in, you'd have thought, and I'm sure people predicted that we would have been fighting for, you know one of the top Europa League spots, if not push for fourth, given the yeah. money, and we've let ourselves down. We have had a massive roller coaster of a season. It's been very up and down for us, very inconsistent. And it all, like you said, Dale, it all goes back to that home form. If we'd have, you know, strung up another 10, 15 points from our home form, then it could be a completely, well, it would be a completely different story. We'd be right in the mix, wouldn't we? Even yeah, just you'd be, just oh, ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 10 points, yeah. you'd be fourth now. Yeah, exactly. And there, there, there have been games, Villa, Newcastle, Burnley, where we should have taken three points, in my opinion. These teams have got hardly any funding. They're not buying players. Newcastle struggle to sign anybody. Yeah. You know, Burnley don't buy anybody, do they? These mm-hmm. clubs loan because they've just not got the funding there. You have yeah. to sell to buy, mm-hmm. and it's usually the best players, and it's not easy to replace your best players, is it? No. So, yeah. Alan Sam Maximan will be on his way somewhere soon, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's, they've got a couple of good players in Newcastle, haven't they? I really rate that Almiron. I just didn't like the way that his agent pushed for that move in January. Mm-hmm. Almiron just needs an end product. Yeah, that's what that's always been my problem with him. Same, he, same he with Saint Maximin. Like just chicken. Same with Saint Maximin. Saint Maximin's got everything apart from when the ball has to leave his feet. Yeah, mm. almost like Lukaku at United. Like he just didn't have control on the ball. Yeah, everything apart from control. Thank you very much for my next segue. Mm-hmm. Into Milan, Serie A champions. The first time that a team not named Juventus have won the Serie A in ten years. Is that how, how many, long it's been? How many years yeah. has it been since Inter last won it? Jesus. Would it have been like Jose like, Mourinho? I think it's like 11 years ago, yeah. I saw a it video. In the last nine. With yeah. Matanazzi when he left Inter yeah. Milan. I really didn't realise it was like a bigger deal for Jose when he left Inter Milan, but I mean, he had done everything with the money, so. Yeah, I mean, what, what they've done, considering as well that Juventus, this is Juventus' team with Cristiano Ronaldo, Mm. What Inter Milan, and in particular Conte, has done is nothing short of exceptional. And in particular, Ashley Young. Yeah. <laughs> Christian <Ashley> Young <laughs> has won Serie A. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've just got Juve's title history up here. From 2011 to 12, they won it every single season until this season. Hmm. And I mean, the only and they, the only reason they've had a gap there it was when they were relegated and had them titles stripped from them. Yeah, match fixing. Match fixing. No day, no day. You're not day, no day. Yeah, it, honestly, it's incredible. And I, I've been discussing this all week. Um, obviously, quite like me, European football. Brother's a big Inter Milan fan, so he's been absolutely buzzing this weekend. I think the players they've got, the job that Conte has done. Um, 
is nothing short of exceptional. I think everyone expected them to bottle it at some point, um, especially the way they crashed out of the Champions League because they were fucking dreadful in the Champions League. But if anything, it just seemed to have spurred them on. Conte's taken this group of Premier League rejects and turned them into Serie A champions. I mean, I've got a couple of graphics here about him. <laughs> 509 games as a manager, 59% win percentage, 300 wins, an average of 1.82 points per game. It's fucking good going, that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Really, really good going. You know, he's won one Premier League, four Serie A's, three with Juventus. He started the the nine-year dynasty. He was the one that started Juve's reign of terror. Two Super Cups and FA Cup with Chelsea. And then, Lee, if you can just read out that bottom right one for me. Um, <laughs> Italianische Zwiedlinge Master. Yeah. <laughs> I don't what know. is that? What is that? I don't know. What's a German? Isn't it an Italian team? I said that, yeah. It is probably an Italian team, but it sounds so much like a German. I said to Chris earlier, I was like, I'm letting Lee say this one. It isn't. So I think that means Italian manager of the year. Mm. I think that's what that means. Well, he he has won manager of the year four years as well, which is incredible. So I was, I've been talking about Conte a lot today to a lot of my mates and... The reason why I'm talking about him is do you think Spurs needs fucking gunk hole for him? I wouldn't because go to Spurs if I was him. He wouldn't go to Spurs now. Why would you leave Inter? Well, It'd take a massive pay increase to get me there. Hmm. It's going to be money, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Levy's not a man that likes to shed out money. Well, <laughs> and, he's going to have, a load, he go he's gonna have a load of money spare when he sells uh, Harry Kane. I mean, I hope he does because I want to see him move and win some trophies. I know. <laughs> he, he cannot go Spurs. I just can't see it. Not after Chelsea. That, use it, Chelsea. No, obviously. yeah. It, massive step down, in my opinion, <laughs> if he goes to Spurs. Yeah, yeah I, am, um, I absolutely agree. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that say, you know, English football over Italian football. London. Uh, would, he, yeah. would he not think, well, do you know what? We've, we've done it once now. Let's try and, you know, People might say it might have been a fluke. Should we, let's try and go again. Mm. Retain it. Um, Period of dominance in Milan again. Yeah. Imagine, well, yeah. I mean, they've, <clears throat> they've not just won the league, they've, they've annihilated 13 points clear. I mean, it's, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a walk in the park for them. But, um, but yeah, that's what Josh just said then. I mean, well, to be fair, even both the Milan clubs, they've been sort of a, a shadow of the former self recently in recent years. But, is this now like sort of maybe a changing of the guard, you know, uh, Inter, I mean, AC are there sitting in what the fourth as well. I mean, yeah. Could the, could the Milan teams be on a bit of a, a bit of a charge to former days? Old school is cool again. Yeah. I loved the Inter Milan and the AC Milan squads when I was growing up. They were like my first love. We all obviously watched Italian football on TV growing mm-hmm. up. And just watching the Milan teams back in the day with the squads that they had, that was... I probably loved them more than I did the British teams. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had such so better time watching that highlight show yeah. than I did watching match a day. All the top players went to Italy back then, though, didn't they? Like, yeah. Italy had the dominant league... In, in yeah, Europe, yeah. now it's 
obviously England. So, and anybody says differently, then turn off because you're wrong. If anyone says differently, just look at the uh, European competitions. But yeah, <laughs> you think if you think about Inter Milan and winning the title, they're the first big team in the top five leagues to actually win their league. That shows you. That shows you how good it. Like Bayern haven't won theirs yet. Yeah, City haven't quite won theirs yet. They don't know what's happening in Spain. The, yeah, <laughs> the, Spain and the French leagues are literally going right down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. Like the test in the French league then. Uh, PSG, it, well, PSG second, Lille the first. Lille. Yeah, yeah, Lille have absolutely been incredible, mate. Lille have, have absolutely just. I've not seen a turnaround like it from a club. The one point clear, and there's only three games left. What do you think? Like, sorry, Lee. Just that's all right. Anybody that I'd know that plays for Lille. Jose Fonte at the back is the captain. Oh, God. Uh, I know, yeah. Southampton, Portugal. Renato Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He was shit. When yeah, he Bayern. Yeah. God, he was dreadful. Yeah, they've got um, like Barack Yildmaz, who any football oh, manager yeah. or FIFA player will know yeah. he's yeah. an absolute fucking legend back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they have they've just got a very solid squad. Mm. No, no big names there at all. Like the biggest name is Mike Mindan for me, who's just signed with AC Milan. Yeah. Like that that's a massive move. But apart from that, like like you said, you don't know anyone there. I'm just looking at the team there. 2018, you'd only just survive relegation by yeah. a point. But it's West Ham yeah. in disguise. They've done a Leicester. <laughs> they've, they've absolutely done a Leicester. Yeah. yeah. They survived by a point and what, two, two three years on? Potential yeah. champions. It's mad. God, it? imagine it's Pochettino's mad. first season and he gets knocked out of the semi final of the oh, Champions oh. League again and becomes like one of the first managers at PSG to not. <laughs> to, to not do the, uh, the the standard a task of winning, I'd love, yeah, I'd love that. Liga. Yeah. I'd love that. I'm I sure know you so, so someone who would love that is Chris. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Have we discussed uh, yeah. this actually? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> we've not. I, I gotta say, Ra- Rangers won again on weekend. Yeah. Jermaine yeah. Defoe scored. I didn't even know Jermaine Defoe was still playing. Class. It no. must be about, must be about 54, Berman. and he's still scoring. Class is better. Oh, All-time ball. I mean, this, the La Liga one, like you said, Josh, is exactly the same. You've got Atletico on 76, Real and Barca on 54, and then Sevilla, who are still in there, on 70. I mean, none of the teams want to win it, do they? Like no. Barca getting beat to uh, Granada. Mm. Uh, did they beat Valencia last night? Yeah, they beat them 3-2. God, even that's close. Is it? I mean, Valencia are no pushovers, but that's that's probably a really good result for Barca, actually. Really yeah. good result because you know you're gonna you're not gonna get an easy game against them. No, Carlos Soler got an absolute fucking blinder in that game. So good. What he's, he's going to be the next one to move to one of them big teams. I'm calling that right now. <laughs> right. Well, we spoke about. Um, should we go there first? No, we'll stay in Italy with Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I thought he'd signed for Talk Sport. He did. Yeah, he has. Oh, he has. <laughs> well, working with I'm Simon sure. Jordan and um, what's his fella, and he's had enough already. He's done God. one day and fucked it off. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't handle all the knobheads they've got working for him. That's what it is. No, mm. 
I mean, we we called this a while ago. He's never getting a top club again. And this, to me, after the Spurs job especially, this is him admitting that this is the the slowdown of his career now. He doesn't need no money now. He's just doing it for the enjoyment. Yeah. What's it? What was it? He's been paid ninety three million in um, sacking fees, hasn't he? In his career, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> I bet. I mean, so if he offered him a nice little crust as well. Mm, yeah, I'm they, they get yeah. a lot of money. Talk sport do, don't they? I mean, I, I, I don't know how true it was, but when they always used to joke about Alan Brazil's salary, and they used to say that he got paid a pound a listener. And at one point, they had 1.4 million listeners. So I, I don't know whether that was true or whether someone made that joke up considering, oh, he's getting, it's like he's getting a pound a listener because of how many listeners they had. So I, I've I've always had a bit of a sneaking suspicion that he was paid well over a million pounds a year. Is that, is that he gets a pound a listener or he weighs a pound a listener? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Gets a pint a listener. Yeah, that man, that man absolutely loves a Bev. Oh, he's all he talks about him and Ray Parler when they're on together. <laughs> oh, are you shocked with Ray Parler getting involved? <laughs> no. how he is. Hey, but you'd love to go on a you'd love to go on a, a session with them both, wouldn't you? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall back in the day at Arsenal with Parler. Yeah. Like Merson. Oh yeah. god. Imagine the drinks. <laughs> Seaman. I reckon Seaman probably loved the drink as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it puts them away. Yeah. But yeah, are we all are we all firmly in agreement that this is Jose done now? He's just gonna see out his career at smaller teams. Well, mm. unless he goes on wins the league with him somehow. Well a soft spot for Roma. I'm I'd like to see a resurgence. I, I, but Totti's not there anymore. That was why I loved them so much. Yeah. I was gonna say, like the, we love Roma for the legacy and they've yeah. always got a nice kit. Yeah, they've always got a beautiful kit. But they might not even have the order next gone? season. No, they want the seventh. The seventh, and you know, it's a bit of a bit of an interesting one there from Jose, who's you know, it's going to a club that's you know not going to be in Europe. Mm. It would Easier be, job for him, maybe. Potentially, no, be, what sort of a signings will he get in as well? Because they have been a bit naff. I mean, we put them. We put him to the sword the other week. Mm, easily. Easily. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but saying that half time, but <laughs> no, not half time. <laughs> Thank you very much. My next segue, boys. European <laughs> semi-finals. <laughs> yeah, we had um it, I feel like so much has gone on in this last week in the footballing world that that we've not I feel we've got so much to speak about tonight, but we've only been missing seven days. But yeah. so much has happened. But yeah, the, the Europa League semi-finals, obviously, on Thursday again. Um, Arsenal have got a tough job against Villarreal. Yeah. Um, I mean, the getting the away goal for me was massive for them, but mm-hmm. I could just see Villarreal nicking one, you know, and just that ties to bed if Villarreal get a goal. If you get the first call, it's game over. Yeah, definitely. Well, they've got yeah. is it Emery as a manager. Yeah, yeah, you and Emery, yeah. He's, how many times has he won this? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's his competition. You know, with Seville and and that, and it's, he knows how to get the job done. Mm. And I just can't see, I, I just can't see Arsenal 
getting to the final. To be honest, I, th- I think I'm, I, I think they'll they'll get a goal. Villarreal and can I see Arsenal scoring what two, three? I can't. No, I don't think no. so. Maybe it's just me wishful thinking, hoping that an English team is going to overcome the the tie. I, I'd like to see a two 0 Arsenal win. Nah, what you want to see is Villarreal go through, and then we just put another six past Roma, and then oh, you get yeah. you get United Villarreal in the final. There's something about a United Arsenal final that just seems so nice, though. Like, have you not watched any rivals. United Arsenal games over the last fucking four years? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have, but I think I fell asleep at like half time. <laughs> <laughs> it got to be well, we one of the most boring finals I think we've ever seen. Um, you know, terms, I don't want Arsenal in the final, me. No, I, I want, they, I want, you, you I just want know that they'll turn it on against us in a final. No, they won't turn it on, we'll turn it off. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's, that's what we've done off, every yeah. time we've played them. Like we just seem yeah. to turn off against them. I mean, I hope Villarreal go through. I, you've like Arsenal there. I've got a soft spot for Villarreal. I always have. You know, love the little yellow submarine. They've had some fucking ballers in the past. Even watching the likes of Marcos Senna, just oh, yeah. ball the midfield out like. So oh, oh, Raquel May. Oh, Raquel May. What the hell? Even like watching Diego Forlan. Yeah, uh, great players. I love the comment here from Bert Raccoon. FA against Spanky United with a 10 point deduction. Um, no, they're not. Next. <laughs> so, <laughs> going to. <laughs> but, Bert, if you are still watching us, mate, feel free to tell me why we're getting a 10 point deduction. Uh, the better the better story is why City might be getting a point deduction, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that next week because that story is developing as the hours move on. I don't know if you boys have seen it, but... No, what's that? No, what's this? Yeah. Premier League, financial fair play and Man City are apparently having secret discussions over potential punishments. It what, was, it was, punishing Man City? Yeah, it was put on Twitter this morning by a pretty reliable source. Uh, what was his fucking name? It's not it's not Fabrizio, so I don't believe it just yet. Hmm. But he, I, I went through Demasia. his tweets earlier. It wasn't Demazio either. I'll find it later and put it in the group chat. But yeah, it could all be smoke. It could be someone trying to sell a story. But you know, when financial fair play and Man City are involved, people tend to listen. They've got they've, form. They've definitely got. They've definitely broke it. But well, we're not talking about City. That mean we're that, United. Does that mean that we win the league then? I think so, yeah. <laughs> That'd be sick, that wouldn't well, it? If you won oh your game in hand and they got a 10-point deduction, you'd be tied on points. There you go. Ooh, and now you're going to believe us, and now you're going to oh, believe us. <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, our our first leg against Roma, fellas, I assume I was uh, everyone had the same feeling as I did when we were watching it, that, fuck me, first half, dreadful, couldn't believe Solskjaer didn't make any subs and then came out and Christ almighty, what on earth was that second half? <laughs> Could have been more, should have been. Should, should have been, been more. more. I think I um, I actually summed it up better than I thought I ever would with my tweet. Uh, when we went 2-1 down, I tweeted saying, oh, it's nice to see that Manchester United, after going 1-0 up, have decided to go 2-1 down in order to spur on a second-half comeback to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have worded it any better in the end. <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought I thought another semi-final again, boys. I thought, mm. it's happening. I thought, oh, I know, was. Has I he was got it wrong ready. again? Yeah, I was fully ready to join the Oli Out Brigade 
if he'd have fucked yeah. his semi final up again. Yeah. But he didn't. We won 6 2. And now we can. I'm telling you what, right? If Bruno Fernandes is on that pitch from the beginning tomorrow, I'm going to be fucking raging. Do, do you know what, right? I don't mind it because the second is secure. Uh, let's go out and put a fucking show on against mm. against Roma. He doesn't need to rest. Donny needs to play. Donny yeah. absolutely needs to play. I, I cannot believe I'm about to say this because I've stuck up for them this whole season. McFred needs to stop because yeah. it's not working. It's not yeah. working in these big games. It used to, and they're getting found out quick. And unfortunately, it's Fred who seems to be the biggest problem. That first yeah. goal we conceded, he had no idea that there was an attacker behind him. He runs about too much without much purpose. And like he, he dives into tackles yeah. that are easy to pass past. Like he, you know, when you watch them warming up playing like keep ball and there's mm. like a player in the middle, he looks like that player in the middle <laughs> getting the piss taken out of him every yeah. single time he goes anywhere near a, a, a tackle. Even I can see it like, well, he's just going to pass that past you. Second yeah. you get anywhere near him, then you're in no man's land. And then you've opened up a massive space so for him. Does it every single yeah. time. Gary Neville said it perfectly ages ago, didn't he? Where he's not a ten, he's not no. a great tackler, he's no. not he's not a great passer. No, you have to be at least one of them things to play centre midfield. He's not. I tell you what, he's fucking not good at shooting. <laughs> every time he gets up, I don't think I've ever seen him get a shot on target. And every time he gets near. Shooting, I'm like pleading with the TV, don't you shoot, don't you dare shoot. And then he does, and it hits fucking stewards. No, for me, for me, tomorrow, I'd be very happy if we saw a midfield two of Matic and Donny, you know, because yeah. Matic never gets forward. So let Donny just have that free role in midfield mm. and let him and Bruno just like D Dale, you probably see it the same way that I do. Like Bruno and Donny can work surely together. With Pogba as well, that can work, surely. Surely, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Donny's this season out. You know, he's not really had the opportunities anyway. And then when he has come in, he's he's got thirty seconds here, two minutes there, twenty minutes. You know, it's not really you know enough time to make an impact. Um, I mean, he did he did half decent against Roma um, mm. last week. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm probably with you. I'd I'd probably not play Bruno. Um, I'll probably put Donny in there. But I think he, I think next season we might see a bit a bit of a better player from him. I hope uh, so. Just you know, just a, a twelve months kind of bedding into the league uh, with his new teammates and stuff. Hopefully, we see a better player next season. But. Um, I've kind of yeah, I've given up on him sort of this season because <laughs> he's mm. he's coming. I think, I think he's, and, has as well. Yeah, I mean for what was it, forty-five million? I, I, I'm not going to lie, I did expect a lot more. Yeah, a lot, lot more. Um, you know, maybe even sort of challenging Bruno to a degree, but you know, the standard's been set there by Bruno, so it was a bit of a tall order. Yeah, yeah. there are many players that were gonna meet those levels no no but then again he's not he's not bruno's replacement like anyone that watched ajax he, he runs from deep he plays he plays that number eight role which unfortunately is something we don't have in our squad mm. 
Um, it's the reason why Jesse Lingard has struggled because he can't displace Bruno and he can't play it on the wings. But whereas Donny, like, if he can't, he, I don't think he's quite a six. He's definitely not a 10 because he doesn't shoot. He's not greedy enough to be a 10. Like, for me, you've got to be a number 10. You've got to be willing to take a shot. I, I think I've seen him take two shots all season. Is it Davy Classen in disguise? Uh, it could, it could <laughs> well be. Yeah, it could well be. Like David, I mean, he was. That's where. That's the role he played when he was at Ajax, just know, going from deep and just. I mean, and that's where he was. Better. Sending back, they've just won the league, haven't they? I know. Yeah. <laughs> David Classen and uh, Stecklenburg from Everton, ex Everton players, have gone and won the league. Daily Blind and all winning it once again. Oh. Uh, right. League going it. That's their standard. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get wrapping up dead quick, boys. Uh, Champions League, we've just seen Manchester City win 2-0 against Paris Saint-Germain. So congratulations, Manchester City, on finally reaching a Champions League final. You're halfway there. It's taken you about five years too late because the amount of money you've spent is about time you fucking got there. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't take any of the the thunder from them, lad. They've done well to get there. (laughs) I mean, they've done well to get there, you know, having... Spending Give a billion pounds and get, getting the, the easiest draw to a Champions League final I think I've ever seen. But, you know, they've done well. You know what, mate? Right. From from somebody who supports a team who's spent about 400 million on shit, at least they spend them. <laughs> Listen, right. I'm going to bring my, my face back up for this. We've not spent 200 million on left backs. <laughs> yeah, but they've sorted the void, mate. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I sorted the void. Fucking Ruben Diaz, what yeah, a defender. Beast. Oh, what a defender. Him. Unreal. Better than Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy it. Even, you know, if it just pisses, even if it just pisses off a Liverpool fan, I'll buy it. From what I saw tonight, you know, he was unbelievable, Fernandinho. Yeah, that yeah. guy, like when uh, Zinchenko was losing his head, he was straight in his face. He was like, calm down, because they've just had one sent off. And yeah. Sinchenko, for some reason, just doesn't get it. That if he gets sent off as well, they've completely lost that benefit of, yeah. of having the extra man. He's just completely He's so gone. hot-headed, Sinchenko. But usually it's Fernandinho that's the one that gets booked and you've got to watch out for him. Mm-hmm. And tonight he's just stellar, brilliant. He's, he's what class. A captain. He's absolute, yeah, definition of a captain, him, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, 35, isn't he? 36 yeah, today. They'll, yeah, 36 today, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. do well to replace him, you know. They'll do really well to replace him. Well, they tried with Rodri, didn't they? But he's not He's not Fernandinho. No. Well, when he no, was injured, so- yeah, that's when they had their slump, wasn't it? When Fernandinho was injured and out of the team. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I was thinking uh, about this quickly the other day. What happened to Fernando? He just went to Sevilla, didn't he? He went back, he went I was back thinking to Spain. Yeah. There was Fernandinho and Fernando, and they were like carbon copies of each other. Yeah. And then yeah. he just went out of nowhere, Fernando. He was gone. Just thinking about him in the car the other day. <laughs> Remember it. Happened to a couple of players actually, hasn't it? Like that. Um, is it Garcia? Eric Garcia went to Barca. He's still at City. He's going at the end of the season though. Right. Is he still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, no. You're, you're talking. You're talking Javi Garcia. Yeah, Javi. Sorry, the midfielder. Yeah, he's got. I think he's at Betis, I believe. Or he was at Betis anyway. Did he go to Real Madrid at all? Or was he at Real have- Madrid? I, d- I, I think he might be part of the academy. I, d- I would have to check. I don't know. Mm. No, sorry. It's just One another thing, player. Just gone I, think, I think he must have been part of the academy. Mm. I was reminded of Nathan Ake as well at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, a stellar game on the weekend. Completely forgot about okay. him as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a stellar game on the weekend. Uh, so who joins City in the Champions League final? And boys, Chelsea or Madrid? Chelsea. 
Yeah, Chelsea. I'm going to say Madrid. I'm going to say Madrid. Yeah. Ooh, mm, two each. We should just call Collins now, get him on the phone on his birthday. Try <laughs> <laughs> to interrupt your birthday meal or whatever you're doing, mate. But who's going to win? He's going to win. I... Chelsea I do have that away goal, but I I don't just I don't like ruling Real Madrid out. No, not with no. Them. I know what you mean, but Chelsea were immense in the first leg. Is, Chelsea uh, were very good. Is Ramos back? He's back training. Oh God, get him back in the squad, even if he's sixty yeah. percent. He's back training. I don't know whether that means he's playing or not, but they need to they need to ditch that fucking five at the back shit. Yeah. Yeah, that that's not going to work against Chelsea at all. You need, to, especially when you when you're losing. So no, the the their biggest miss on weekend was uh, Phil and Mendy. Like Phil and Mendy mm. has been exceptional left back this yeah. season, um, but like Marcelo just doesn't bring what he used to anymore. I consider Marcelo one of the best left backs we've ever seen, but he's not. He's just not that. He's not that anymore. No, no. I mean, every player goes through decline, don't they, at his age? So, of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, but in that case, then, boys, I believe it's time. It's time. Play the clip. You know what? Under 18s, yeah, we're furloughing you. No, you just—it's just not something you do. No, just, no, not that. Just not that week. Here we go. Oh, dickhead of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead of the week. A staple of 4M1T. <laughs> Dickhead of just, the week. <laughs> I was just sat here thinking, every week after we play this clip, it cuts me out for some reason. <laughs> I was like waiting for it to go black, like, as <laughs> it worked for once. Now, before we all go mental, boys, there is a little something I want you all to see. Now, I've not seen this either, so we're all experiencing this in this live. Good evening, 4M1C viewers. I wasn't on the podcast last week, and I'm not on this week. I wasn't on last week from working. Sorry. I'm not on this week because today I'm 30 years old, and I'm going to get pissed and celebrate my birthday. So, I will be in no current state to be on the podcast later. But I did think I'd treat everyone to a remote virtual Dickhead of the Week nomination from my house here in Wales. So my nomination for this week is not the idiotic minority Man United supporters who broke into the ground, started vandalising and throwing things at people and assaulting police officers. No, it's not them. It's not the police officers who assaulted people back. No, it's not them. It's not anyone else who's currently working in and around the Premier League like normal at the moment that I like to nominate. No, 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 it's not, a, it's not a current working Premier League player or manager. And it's not Celtic Football Club or anyone related to Celtic Football Club, which I know will surprise <laughs> a lot of you. It's Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is my dickhead of the week and here's why Jose Mourinho is my dickhead of the week. He did absolutely fuck all his spurs. Suck the life out of that squad, as Jamie O'Hara likes to say on the radio. Leaves the club a week before the Carabao Cup final. Some said it was some sort of heroic act of not letting the players go onto the training pitch to join the European Super League. Some say Daniel Levy just didn't want to give him promotion money for winning the Carabao Cup a week after, like he was going to win that game anyway. But first he left the club, trophyless. 
which we've come to expect from Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, regardless of who the manager is. But then he's decided to join Roma. Roma, who's just been trounced 6-2 by United in the Europa League, the subpar European competition, as it stands, before they bring in the third tier one that they want to bring in. You know, where teams who finish ninth and 10th in the Premier League can qualify for Europe. Well, that's a run for another day. He decides to take over Roma, who are just a poor, let's face it, with the squad that they've got and the standard they've got at the moment and where they are in Syria, a poor, poor side. And he just seems to be going more and more downhill. And I don't blame Roma for getting Jose Mourinho in. He's still got the credentials to be able to bring success to the ball. The reason why I nominated Jose Mourinho as my dickhead of the week is take some time off. You fucked up United. You fucked up Chelsea before that. You've gone to Spurs and you fucked that up. And you're going to go to Roma and you're going to balls that up as well. Just take a little bit of time off. You don't have to be like Nicolas Cage in the acting world doing movies every two, three minutes. You don't have to be like Robert De Niro where he just can't get another money, so he's doing Meet the Fockers 4 or whatever the fuck he's doing now. You don't have to be like that. Take some time off. Do the Portugal manager's job and call it a career. Why are you going Roma? What's the need? There's no point. So you're going to suck the life out of that squad, you're going to make Chris Smalling even worse, and then you're going to go and fucking get yourself sacked again. There's my rant. Dickhead of the week, Jose Mourinho. I'll be back next week. Cheers. <laughs> right. I, I think I think I prefer virtual Collins than Collins being on the podcast. <laughs> I yeah. just can't believe how quickly his hair's grown back. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> so, fellas, um, not that anyone can top that, but can anyone top that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Go on. But quickly before my laptop dies, PSG are my dickhead of the week because I've never known a club with a set of players more petulant and petty and <laughs> they're, the, they're the absolute footballing equivalent of throwing your toys out of the pram, that club is. They're a team of absolute individuals who, as soon as the going gets tough, they start rolling around on the floor and lashing out at the referee, stamping on players' f- fucking feet on the touchline. Like two red cards in two games that come from pure petulance and Ooh. anger. And don't know how Verratti did that one either. Sorry, to, how did Verratti not get sent off? He was just well, losing. The, the one of them, the reason Zinchenko was kicking off so much was because one of the PSG players. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, lucky. <laughs> right. So I think we we got his dickhead of the week. <laughs> yeah, his dickhead of the week was PSG, and I'm guessing in particular Angel Di Maria. Yeah, Di Maria. He is awful. You know, stamp. Mm. What he's done Thing is, yeah, at the time I was thinking, oh, you know. It's City. Would United fans, because he's an ex-United player, would they would they have liked that? Because it's the rivals. No, I'm sure every United fan who was watching tonight that saw that just thought, "Dickhead." Hey, I'm, 
I'm ashamed to call Angel Di Maria a former United player. Yeah, I don't think many people really like him for his spell at United anyway, do they? No, I mean, the guy, don't get me wrong, the guy has always had absolute talent, but he's just a prick. Yeah. He's just a little rat. His best years were probably Real Madrid, weren't they? And it, yeah. It's probably been a bit of a disappointing career, I think. He, I mean, I don't know what trophies he's won, but I, I've expected more of him, really. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll lead on from that there because my first one was going to be Angel Di Maria for his antics tonight. Yeah, just you know, prick. Um, I've got a couple of others. Uh, the Madrid government for calling Marcelo to jury duty right <laughs> before the Champions League semi-final. Nice. You know, and refusing him to leave as well. Like that is honestly insane. Surely you can just postpone it to the day after. <laughs> like so strange. Uh, Al Sad, who you may football know, yep, yeah, the football team have told Xavi that they are not renewing his contract at the end of the season. What? And they just absolutely smashed that league. Every season he's been there. I think he's been there like two, three seasons, and he's, they've absolutely watched the league. And they've told Xavi that they are not renewing his contract. Very strange yeah. business decision. But if I was Ronald Coleman, I would be shaking in my boots. Yeah, definitely. That was yeah. ticked, wasn't it, years ago? Yeah. Yeah, there's only one. There's only one place he's going, isn't there? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's done a couple. He's done a couple years. You know, learning a bit of the trade, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done it right. He's done um, it right. Uh, but my main one is once again the FC Barcelona squad because, and now bear with me when I say this. Even though they all play with each other and they're with each other every single day in training and matches and travelling, etc. They've all broken COVID-19 protocol by going to Lionel Messi's house. Like, come on, lads. Use your fucking brains. You're now under investigation by the league. And the league have already said that fines and point deductions will occur if anyone breaks COVID rules in Spain. Mm. If you've just cost Barcelona the league title because you were going to his house, I, I don't know what to say to you. That club is just upside down. And maybe it needs Xavi coming in to uh, restore some order. Yeah, I reckon Messi's done that part of his master plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he, he obviously isn't happy with how things have gone at the club. He wants his old old mate in, Xavi. Yeah. And he's got that, um, he's got that chairman in now that he's got a good relationship with. Well, so about, yeah, just about getting rid of um, Ronald Koeman now, isn't it? Literally. Once Koeman goes, Messi's got everything he wanted. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that would be, that'd be the the one way that you would get Messi to stay at the club if you got Xavi in. Mm. I think he would convince him. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it, I think he's pretty much there. I think the fact that the port's mm. in now is like the biggest motivator. But yeah, if yeah. you could get if you could get Xavi as manager as well, that is that's sign still delivered for me. But yeah, mm. they're they're my knobheads of the week, good decades of the week. Barcelona, you just just use your brain, lads. Mm. Um. I suppose the only because I didn't catch too much football over the weekend. The only video I saw was um, it was the United riots outside, and it was a line of police, a line of fans, and protesters. And there's one knobhead stood at the front of the crowd with his arms crossed. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> it, just stood there yeah. not moving. And the police are like piling in, and then you just see him get pushed on his ass. And I just thought <laughs> he's definitely dickhead of the week for me. <laughs> but, 
I'm going to be a knobhead and stand here and look hard as fuck. And then he just gets absolutely rammed on his ass. What What about the, the kid that was sat on the netting at the top of the goal and then someone put a ball in the net and it oh. knocks him off the fucking top of it? Oh, I've not even seen that. I'm going to have to have a look Oh, that. mate, I'll send it you. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that overhead kick that that Bella scored, though. That was about to... Yeah. That one in the net. Yeah, that's class. You'd do the same, wouldn't you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't go vandalising the club. I just no, go the absolutely not. I just Enjoy. go and score a screamer and yeah. then leave. But yeah, take a penalty. Sound scored at Old Trafford. <laughs> <The dream. laughs> yeah, I, sorry boys, I didn't come equipped with with multiple options today. He was just the the one person that I saw on a video and thought, yeah, he's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Mm. To be fair, it's an easy decision for you this one, Dale. Given the fact. Yeah. Uh, you know, Collins is 13, probably deserves a present. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even come with one anyway. But something did just pop up literally five minutes ago. But I'll just go back a little bit. Sky Sports News. Oh, I know. Early I was going to say this. I was going to say this. <laughs> early in the day, Sky Sports News um, have come out and said that Chelsea have decided to include fans in board meetings. From the first of July, uh, to ensure uh, supporter sentiment is considered in decision making, which <laughs> you know I can see there's a there's a positive coming out of the Super League in in, in sort of Chelsea's eyes, you know, getting the uh, trying to get the, the fans on board and stuff. Um, but then five minutes ago, it's Sky Sports News also. Just pulled out that owner Avram Glazers refused to apologise to fans over the breakaway from the Super League. So we've got one side of the coin in Chelsea trying to do something positive out of this. And then we've got the owner United still refusing to apologise uh, for making an absolute farce of the whole situation. So Avram Glazer is my, uh, would have been my uh, dickhead of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You know, I don't think I can't. I can't not give it Collins after that. Anyway, it's just... hey, it was fucking my birthday on weekend as well. A bit of sympathy. <laughs> You'll have your chance next year. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Collins is his virtual dickhead of the week. I mean, it's a great, eff great effort, sir. But yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm up with that as well. He's, he's fucked it, Jose, aren't he? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. why he's had a segment tonight because yeah, career's just gone now, isn't it? That's what I mean. Like he he became he's he's at low level now that when he got sacked, even with the Europa League stuff, we spoke about him for five minutes. Like Jose yeah. Mourinho getting yeah. sacked a few years ago would have been the biggest talking point in the world. Mm. Oh well, Poor yeah. Jose. I, mm. I I I hope he I hope he proves us all wrong. I hope Mate. I hope he. I hope he takes Roma to a league title. I really do. It's not going to happen, but I hope he does yeah. it. He's made 90-odd million from Sackins, mate. Don't yeah. bore Jose. He's done well for himself. <laughs> hey, I, I like him. I like characters in football, and he is he is one of the best we've got. Yeah. I, I mean, as a, as a character, as a person, even as a manager back in the day, in the early days when he wasn't outdated, had a lot of time for Jose, but he's just... Like I said, he is just outdated now. Football's yeah. moved on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in that case, then, boys, unless anyone has any final parting words, I'm going to close us out of this show. 
Um, I've got one final word. It's just a special happy birthday to Collins for when he listens to this because I missed the start of the show. So I just want to wish him a happy 30th. And you've had a great day, mate. Well, we didn't wish him a happy birthday, so you're better than us. (laughs) (laughs) 3M1T, decades of the week next week for not wishing Collins a birthday. Right. In that case, then, guys, thank you very much for watching and listening. Whether you're here for one minute, one hour, very much appreciated. Find us on all socials at We Are Four M One T. Search on YouTube for Mike's One Toffee. From myself, Dale, Josh, Chris from his virtual hideout in Wales, and Lee with his dead laptop. Good night <laughs> and Hello Madrid. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard please subscribe to us. You can subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Apple and Google Podcasts and all other major podcast stations. Also, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Formax One Toffee. And please follow us on social media at WeAre4M1T.